Student Loan Show, Episode 56. everybody. Welcome back to the Student Loan Show. This is episode 56. My name is Jay Fleischman. Thank you so much for being here. Our next new show is going to be released on July 12th, 2016. To keep things moving, I'm going to be highlighting some of the interviews that I've done on some of the other podcasts that are out there. Great shows with people with a lot of smart things to say. It's a way of introducing you to different shows from other interesting and smart folks. And I hope you enjoy the change of pace and add their shows to your podcast listening time. For today, I'm going to present you with the His and Her Money Show with Talent and Ty McNeely. Their high school sweethearts got married and now they're a husband and wife team that really reflect, I think, some of the very best in personal finance and money management overall. When they got married, one of them had debt, the other didn't. One of them was making poor money decisions and the other one was making great money choices. One of them had a low credit score and the other one had a great credit score. Before they got married, they sat down and they asked one another some difficult questions. In the end, they were able to climb out of debt not once, but twice, and they did it together. It's not always pretty and glamorous when you do it, but they turned it all around by being honest and working really hard on themselves, their finances, and their relationship. Today, Tala and Ty McNeely co-host the His and Her Money Show, both as an audio podcast as well as a video series on YouTube. We talked all about the current state of the student loan crisis in America, the role that organization plays in order to pay off your student loans, strategies to pay off your student loans effectively and quickly, pros and cons of refinancing student loans, and whether or not student loan consolidation is worth your while. Without further ado, I am presenting to you in full my episode with Talat and Ty McNeely. This is the His and Her Money Show, where we talk about managing money, marriage, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, America's number one money couple, Talent and Ty McNeely. Welcome back to an all new edition of the show. And today's show is being brought to you by our good friends over at Policy Genius. That's the place that you have to go to find out if you are currently at the proper insurance levels. That's right. They have a free resource where all you have to do is to type in your information and it'll give you quotes and it'll show you the insurance that you need and the insurance that you don't need to help you make an informed decision in that area. All you have to do to find out the details is head over to his and her slash policy 
genius. Well, guys, we are back with another fantastic show. We're so glad that you're here with us because we're tackling a topic that is bothering so many of you all out there. And that's the topic of student loans. We're going to be talking about different strategies and methods and tips to handle your student loans so that they can stop being such a burdensome problem for you and your financial situation. We're going to be talking with Jay Fleischman from Consumer Help Central dot com. And he's going to share his expertise because he is a lawyer that specializes strictly in the area of student loans. So this is his mainstay. This is something that he knows inside and out. And this is something that he's going to share with us on today. So let's not delay this any further. Let's get Jay on the line to hear all of his great wisdom. Hey, Jay, welcome to the His and Her Money Show. Hello, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How's everything out there? Everything is awesome. We're glad that you're here with us on this show because you are an expert when it comes to student loans and all things student loans. And we know that so many people have this as a burden in their life right now. Everybody's trying to figure out, okay, I've got these student loans. What can I do about it? And so we had to reach out to you to come and help the people out. But before we get into all your great advice, can you just take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience and let them know what you're all about? Sure. My name is Jay Fleischman. I have been a lawyer for a little over 20 years. I practice in primarily student loan resolution at this point. I grew up being a bankruptcy lawyer and a credit report error lawyer and a debt collection defense lawyer. And about four years ago, I started to refocus my efforts entirely on student loan resolution. I've got offices in New York, which is where I'm from. And I lived there up until about four years ago, as well as in Southern California, where I live now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. Okay, cool. So give us an honest assessment of whether or not the current student loan debt situation right now in our country is really as bad as the media portrays it to be. You want the truth? Yeah, absolutely. It's worse than the media portrays it to be. It is crazy out there. One point three trillion dollars in outstanding student loan debt. Forty percent of student loans are not being paid at all. Over 90% of all private student loans are guaranteed by other people, guaranteed by parents and grandparents, which is why so many people over the age of 50 are in more debt than their kids are. It's it's trillion. Right, the T. With a T. Big T. So it's not like the media has been trying to dupe us. They've been reporting of the fact that the student loan situation is getting worse and worse and worse. So with all that information available to everybody, why are so many people, parents and students alike, so nonchalant about signing up for student loans? Everybody's been sold on the American dream. The American dream is go to college, get a good education, and you'll do better than we did. And that's the line that we're all fed. And 20 years ago, when I came out of law school, that was true. Go to college. You've got at least a reasonably good chance of getting at least a decent job coming out of the pipeline. It's not the case anymore. So everybody says, well, this is what we have to do. We don't have a choice. I like to think that I'm pretty organized. Um, I love all things organization. So I know that you also connect being organized to properly paying off student loans. You kind of connect them together. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. With so many bills that come in every month, people get confused. It's the same thing as when you've got too many credit card bills or when you've got three car loans and a mortgage and then you've got your gas and electric and all the other utilities 
bills come at you fast and furious and it's easy to lose track of them. If you don't have a budget, if you don't have a system in place to make sure that your bills are being paid on time in general, but student loans in particular, you run a very real risk of falling behind. In addition, on the federal student loans, if you're in one of the income dependent repayment options, you've got to recertify your income every single year. If you don't recertify your income, your payment goes all the way back up to the 10 year standard repayment amount, which which is untenable for so many people. So you've got to keep that in mind also. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there, there's the, I don't know, I don't want to say the bad news. What's the good news? I mean, I know a lot of people, they come to our show because, you know, they're in the situation. They, they went to college, they got the student loans and they're like, okay, I did it. I can't go back and uh, change it. So <laughs> what can I do? So practically speaking, what are some options that people have in order to dig themselves out of their student loans? For the federal student loans, there are so many options. There really are. It's amazing. For federal student loans, there are no fewer than a dozen repayment options. Some of them are standard, pay the same amount of money every month until the loan's paid off. Some of them are graduated. You start low and they go up every two years from there until the loan's paid off. But the really great ones are the income dependent repayment options that allow you to set your student loan repayment amount based upon your adjusted gross income and your family size. And so you can really do a lot to bring those student loans in line with your household income. It really does make it a lot more manageable. In addition, if you're working for federal, state, local government, or a 501c3, if you're out there doing public service and good work, there are opportunities to get your loan forgiven tax-free after 10 years. If you're disabled, you can get your loan forgiven. If the school closes, um, you can get your loan forgiven again. So for federal student loans, tons of options, really. Private student loans, uh, it's not quite as rosy. There are no options. It's either pay or don't pay. The only silver lining there is with private student loans, there is a limitation of time during which they can collect against you. It's, there's, it's called the statute of limitations and it varies state by state. So if you fall behind on your private student loans, they know they only have a certain amount of time to file a lawsuit and to take legal action against you. In addition, private student loans settle. If you fall behind and you're in the position to make either a lump sum payment or a reduced payment over a fairly short amount of time, your private student loan company is going to be very happy to work with you. And so you can aggressively settle those in not a terribly different way than you would settle a credit card debt if you weren't in a position to pay that in full. Okay. Also, and you know, I read something today that kind of caught me a little bit off guard. Like I, I didn't really know that um, student loans can possibly be bankruptable. Lower bank, am I saying that right? You know, I always uh, yeah. thought that you can't bankrupt, you know, you can't include student loans in a bankruptcy. Uh, mm -hmm. But I guess there are some extreme cases where it can be done. Can you talk right. about that? Yeah, there, there are two standards for the discharge of a student loan in bankruptcy. The term in the bankruptcy code is undue hardship. Now, unfortunately, nobody bothered to to define what undue hardship means. So judges have come down in one of two camps. One is called the totality of the circumstances, and it's used in a very small number of courts. 
Everywhere else in the country, they use uh, what's called the Brunner test, which is a, is a three-part test that looks at your current income, your current expenses, your long-term prospects, and whether or not you've made good faith efforts thus far to repay those student loans. It happens very infrequently, but push comes to shove. It's not a terrible way to go about uh, trying to solve the student loan issue. Well, you know, we have this new feature here on the His and Her Money Show where we have viewers or listeners or followers. um, They can reach, contact us and they can ask a question. So a viewer asked a question of you, so I'm going to read it. All right. And uh, the first question is, my government loans were purchased by a company that's a lot harder to deal with has less options for repayment. Is there a way that I can choose my loan servicer? First of all, no, you can't choose your loan servicer. But second of all, your loan wasn't sold. Your loan, the federal student loan, government government insured student loans are never sold. What happens is your servicer changes and the servicer is the company that sends you the bill every month. So that's your Navient, your Great Lakes, your Fed Loan Servicing, ECMC, on and on. And what will happen is from time to time, those loans will get changed from one servicer to another. The big one is the Sally Mae one, because Sally Mae in 2014 split itself in half and half of the company became Navient. And Navient is the company that services federal and private student loans. Sally May is now only a bank. They're only a lender. They do uh, retirement planning and they issue private student loans, but they don't send bills. So what happened to a lot of people, because Sally May is by and large the biggest one out there. Everybody was getting bills from Sally May one month. They got bills from Navient the next month. They didn't know who Navient was. They didn't bother to pay attention to the letters that they got and they stopped making payments. So they put themselves into default. That's probably what happened. I, I don't know for a fact, but more often than not, that's what happens. The only other time that the name of the company is going to change is if you go into default, which means you're more than 270 days past you on your federal student loans, in which case Navient or ECMC or whoever it is, is going to send your loan out to a debt collector. And then you then you're in a whole different universe. You've got options to rehabilitate that loan by making payments to the debt collector over a period of time to bring yourself out of default, or you can consolidate the loan directly with the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, but your options do change. So that that could have been what happened here. Now, another hot topic or a hot strategy that seems to be out on the market these days is refinancing. So talk to us about the probability and the possibility of people being able to refinance their student loans. Okay, let's let's make a let's make a separation between refinance and consolidation. Consolidation is a process whereby you take existing federal student loans and you trade them in for a new federal student loan. That's done only through the U.S. Department of Education. That can be done one time during the life of your loan, and it doesn't change any of the terms. Your interest rate remains the weighted interest among all of the loans that you're trading in. The only thing that does change is you're reamortizing your loan. You're starting from day zero. It's a brand new loan. There's no credit check. There's no application fee. You can do it directly on studentloans.gov, which is 
the U.S. Department of Education centralized portal. So you don't need to pay anybody any money for it. And that's consolidation. On the other side, you've got refinance that is taking a private or a federal student loan and going out to a private lender and getting a new loan to pay the old loan off. Problem there is that federal student loans, once you refinance them, they're no longer federal student loans. So all of the income dependent repayment options, gone. Public service loan forgiveness, gone. Disability discharge, gone. Everything is gone. Second, it's credit-based. So you've got to have good credit. You've got to have good income. And for a lot of the bigger companies, you also have to be in a good profession from a good school because they're assessing you not only based upon what your credit score is, but what your long-term prospects are. I tell people it's a lot like how how life insurance gets priced because they use actuarial tables, how long you're gonna live, are you a smoker, are you a drinker, how fast you drive, stuff like that. It's kind of the same thing for, for private student loan refinance. They wanna make sure that you're in a good enough field of work where you're gonna be able to continue making the money that you are now, and you're gonna keep being able to make those payments. So, I mean, it sounds, it sounds a little tricky. Sounds a little iffy. Sounds a little, I don't know, uh, <laughs> because it seems like if you go this route, you're really losing a lot of possible benefits that you might need to lean on, you know, down the road. So it sounds like oh, yeah. a gamble. So, I mean, is there a situation where refinancing would make sense or should we just back away from that? It is a gamble and it's a gamble based on your optimism. But your optimism is what sent you to college at this point, thinking that you were going to come out and make six figures a year and get the house with white picket fence. We thrive on optimism. So there is that. For federal student loans, the only time that I tell people to look into refinance is if they're making a lot of money, they've got really good prospects, they've got excellent savings so that if things go sour, they can continue making payments. And if they've got a parent plus loan, let me explain. Parent plus loans are loans that a parent takes out for a dependent child's undergraduate education. So the parent is the borrower, not the child. Now, parent plus loans do not qualify for most of the income dependent repayment options, certainly not the good ones. They are credit based. They have higher interest rates, and they function a lot like a private student loan in the first place. Yeah, there are some protections still, but by and large, you're not in the best place as far as how the loan operates on a day-to-day basis. If you can get out of a federal parent plus loan and you've got a good job and you've got good savings and good credit, and you can get better terms from the private loan, then you may want to look into it. And now a word from our sponsor, Policy Genius. Hey, Jennifer, surveys show that over half of American households, that's 58 million households, have less than adequate life insurance. Why is that such a problem right now? That's a great question. I think a lot of people, similar to a lot of financial chores, you know, will put it off because they don't want to think about it or they think it's going to be very hard and frustrating. And, you know, a lot of folks will have life insurance that they got a few years ago. 
but haven't reviewed their coverage since their life has changed. Maybe they got a new mortgage, maybe they had a new child. And so they find that their coverage isn't enough. What we do at Policy Genius is we make the process of figuring out how much coverage you should have and then getting good quotes for that coverage as easy as possible. It's on online. We've got really great and intuitive calculators and quoters so you can see how much you need, how much that'll cost you, and you don't even have to provide any contact details. So it's free and easy to use. Wow, that sounds great. To find out more details, just head over to hisandhermoney.com slash policygenius. And now back to the show. Now, are there any companies out there that you can recommend um, in case someone is looking to refinance? I don't make recommendations, but and don't don't take this as a as an endorsement in a professional sense. But I like SoFi. I like SoFi a lot. I like Common Bond. I like them a lot. Uh, I have a number of people that I know who have refinanced through Earnest. I don't know about them personally. But um, and then there's also always the credit unions. And I think Discover does them as well. I don't have any firsthand knowledge of them. But if you're going to look at anybody, I love SoFi. I love Common Bond. And I know that their customer service is amazing. Awesome. So we'll be sure that we have links to those companies in the show notes of this show. Now, Jay, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but can you break down the public service loan forgiveness program? Let us know what it is and what your thoughts of the program are. Sure. Public service loan forgiveness is for borrowers who have direct loans only. Direct loans are loans that originated by the U.S. Department of Education. Up until July of 2010, the U.S. Department of Education was able to issue federal student loans and private banks were able to issue federally guaranteed student loans under the FEEL program, FFEL. After July 1st, 2010, only the federal government could issue student loans. So those are direct loans. For public service loan forgiveness, you have to have a direct loan. And if you don't, that's a great reason to consolidate. Consolidate your field loans into the direct loan program. That's a win. So you get that, you get into the direct loan program, and then you must make 120 qualifying payments while you are employed in a qualified position with a qualified employer. So- First, what's a qualified employer? Right? That's a lot. That's, yeah, that. Well, hey, we're lawyers. We're never supposed to say things the right way, are we? So, a qualified employer, federal government, state government, municipal government, five hundred one c three, or any other not for profit where you are not engaged in primarily a proselytizing position because there's that separation between church and state. So that's why they did that. That leads us into qualifying employment. So we've got the qualifying employer. Now we've got the qualifying position full-time, which is either 30 hours a week or full-time under whatever guidelines the employer gives, whichever is larger. So if you're working for, um, a social service organization and it's a not-for-profit and they say full-time is 25 hours, not going to work. You've got to go 30 hours or better. Okay. And you've got to make 120 timely monthly payments. You've got to make 120 separate 
months of payments while you are employed full-time by a qualifying employer. If you work for a religious or charitable organization, or if you work for your church, you only count the number of hours that you don't spend in a proselytizing position. So if you're a, um, if you're an administrator, if you're in HR, if you do community uh, outreach for community purposes, that's fine. If let's say you're a pastor and you work 80 hours a week and 40 of those hours are you're putting your sermons together, you're preparing for for uh, church activities, that doesn't count. The other time when you're doing non-religious based work is going to count to your 30 hours. So you've got your qualifying employer, your qualifying position, your qualifying payments are Payments that are either made under the 10-year standard repayment amount, 10 years pay the loan off, or in an income-dependent repayment program. So if you're in a graduated payment program, not going to count. If you're in an extended 20, 25-year standard payment where you pay the same amount of money every month for 20 or 25 years, not going to count. 10 years or income-dependent repayment. At the end of that 120 payments, you're out. You're done. It's a pretty simple situation. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. This is great. Well, we have another question that was sent in to us. And if anyone is interested in getting their questions um, shared here on the His and Her Money show, feel free to contact us at questions at hisandhermoney.com. All right. So here's another question, Jay. Can or are your student loans discharged if the loans are more than 15 years old? Nope. Well, you're... <laughs> Sorry. Um, (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Bam. Nope. Uh, Federal student loans follow you until your toe hits the grave. Mm. Federal student loans never go away ever, ever, ever. So that's that's feds. Your private student loans. Remember, they only have a certain amount of time to chase you. If you don't make payments and you pass the statute of of limitations, which depends on your state, you're out, you're done. I I tell my clients that you win the student loan lottery and they can never come after you for that balance again. Does it happen a lot? No, but it does happen, Um, which is why I tell my clients if they're coming up real close to the end of the statute of limitations, the worst thing that they can do is make a payment. Because when you make a payment, you start it all over again. By the way, even if you're past the statute of limitations, that doesn't prevent you from voluntarily making your loan payments afterwards. And I know a lot of people have a real problem with not making the payment. And it's completely understandable. The way that we're all brought up is you pay your bills. That's what that's what we're all brought up to think. If you can't pay the bill and it goes past the statute of limitations and you're able to make the payment later, save up the money, send your lender the check, and you can always pay that loan later. They're never going to turn it away. Now, Jay, when we're speaking, whether it's publicly or in coaching sessions with clients, you know, our our answer is always just throw it in the debt snowball, you know, and for that, for that person that wants to go that route, do any of these programs prevent um, a debt snowball from happening? Like, will it trigger 
things like whether it's a refi consolidation, things of that nature, or can people really, you know, use these tools, these methods that you outlined and still as income is generated and brought in can attack it using the debt snowball method. I'm a huge fan of the debt snowball method, but for federal student loans, I don't recommend that you look at the balance of the loan because debt snowball, you're going to pay off your biggest loan first, right? Well, your private student loans count because again, there are no repayment options. So you're, you're in it. That's always the first debt that I tell people to tackle when they're doing a debt snowball. And I tell them to tackle the federal student loans last because if you can bring those payments down and your interest rate on a federal student loan is going to be far lower than your interest rate on anything else, bar none. So you can bring those payments down, free up money to throw it at the biggest debt overall. And if push comes to shove and you need one of these other options for an income dependent repayment, you can certainly do that. Now, if you're in an income dependent repayment option, for example, if your income is low enough actually on your federal student loans, you can qualify for a $0 payment every month. And that's going to count if you're angling towards public service loan forgiveness, that's gonna count to your 120 payments. When you're in an income dependent repayment plan, by the way, depending upon which one you're in, the unpaid balance is wiped out after either 20 or 25 years, even if you haven't paid the full amount back. So if you're in an income dependent repayment program and you've that snowballed your way out of everything else, there's nothing prohibiting you from sending additional money. It creates a floor, not a ceiling. Okay, yeah. great. Well, before we end this um, and have you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and where they can find you, is there anything else that you would like to say in closing that maybe we did not touch on or ask a question that maybe that our viewers should be or our listeners should be aware of? Yeah, there's one. Well, beyond the take a look at community colleges first, take a look at your major first, decide what you want to do before you decide on your school, even if it means taking a year or two off. You know, this this notion of going to college to be able to find yourself, which is what I did 20 some odd years ago. I went to college to find myself. I came out, didn't really know anything that I didn't know before, but that's fine. Uh, but, but the prospect of doing that doesn't work anymore because it's so expensive and your prospects on the other side are so incredibly limited in, in a lot of ways. So I recommend that before you go into school, figure out what you want to do, develop a realistic plan, not an optimistic plan. And if at all possible, stay away from private student loans because over 90% of them are going to be guaranteed or co-signed by somebody else, somebody who's got money and potentially has something to lose out of the transaction. Second, you need to understand that if somebody guarantees or co-signs for a private student loan or any debt at all, they are 100% legally liable for repayment. So if you go into collections, they go into collections. Your credit gets trashed, their credit gets trashed. You get sued, they get sued. That's really important to bear in mind. And I think a lot of people don't don't know about it. Now, Jay, talk to that person that's tuned into the show right now who is buried in student loan debt. And just the thought 
the mere thought of where they stand when it comes to their student loans brings about a sense of despair and hopelessness. And a lot of times they feel like this is just the way life is going to be. There's nothing they can do about it. What words of encouragement can you offer to that person right now? This is only money. And and I know it feels big and it feels bad and it's scary, but it's only money. If a debt collector calls you, they can't put a gun through the phone. They, they can't harm you physically. When you get a collection letter, the worst that's going to happen is you'll get a paper cut. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. The words on the page and the words that are coming out of your phone are not the most important things out there. The support and love of your friends and family are far more important. And that's really what's going to see you through. This is one of those things where a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of information goes a long way. A lot of the stress and anxiety is because of the uncertainty. It's what's going to happen. How bad is this going to be? Is this going to harm my family or harm my children? A little bit of information goes a long way because between the three of us and the listeners. I'm not any smarter than anybody else is. I just happen to be the guy who took a lot of time to learn this stuff. I'm no smarter than anybody else. I don't have any magic powers. And this information is available. And if you don't understand it, I it's tooting my own horn, but you know, you want to talk, you want to talk to a lawyer. And you want to talk to a lawyer that explains everything to you in a way that you understand. It's real easy to get on the phone with somebody, uh, one of these companies that promise you the moon and the stars there. I call them the Obama debt forgiveness people that you see online and on TV, which, by the way, doesn't exist. But it's easy to get on the phone with somebody and let yourself be sold on another promise. It's really hard to get somebody who's going to explain everything to you in a way that you can understand. You know, and I'm happy you just said something about those crazy phone calls and television programs that tell you that they can wipe out your debt. We had a viewer reach out to us uh, probably about a month ago. She sent us this video. It was a Facebook video that went viral. This woman is crying and she said that she just got finished getting off the phone with some 1-800 number or whatnot. And they said that there's some government law, something that can totally wipe out all of her debt. And she doesn't owe a single dime. And to tell your friends um, to call this number. And I mean, this video must have got shared so many times that it was frightening. Yeah. I immediately said that had scam or something written all over. <laughs> so I'm happy that you touched on that a little bit because there are a lot of companies and places out there that built up so much promise, you know, to people saying, hey, we can get your loans forgiven. Sure. Can you talk about that a little bit. What should people look out for? What should they avoid? Um, when should the red flags be going up? Anytime somebody tells you that a loan is fraudulent and therefore unenforceable because of something that you don't really understand, that's a red flag. Anytime somebody tells you that the amount of money that you own now is going to go away tomorrow because of some legal technicality or loophole, that's got scammer and all over it too. And, you know, look, it's the old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if there's there's a company out there that puts themselves out as a law firm that promises that they're going to settle your private student loans for 40 cents on the dollar. They're going to get you a new loan. They're not going to 
take any legal fees from you. And I've seen their contracts and they load $20,000 of legal fees into a brand new loan of far worse terms. And so I, I see these things all the time and you've got to sit back and ask yourself if this were true, wouldn't everybody be in on this? Yeah, exactly. You know, this would be on the front page of every newspaper. Right. So you're right. That's, that's what I tell people to look out for. Well stated Jay. Well (laughs) stated with that in mind, clearly, you know what you're talking about. So tell everybody more about how they can contact you and find out all of your information. Where can they find you, Jay? Best place to find me, given the fact that this is a podcast, the best place to find me is going to be studentloanshow.com. I do a weekly podcast, comes out every Tuesday. And if you listen to episode 53, I had a listener send me a message that said that I sounded terribly because I recorded it at three in the morning. So I was a little tired, but it comes out every Tuesday. And if you go to studentloanshow.com on the homepage, I actually have a six day free email course that walks you through a lot of what we talked about today in deeper, really minute detail to give you a better sense of some of the things that you can do on your own without paying anybody and without even talking to anybody. You can also find me at Consumer Help Central. That's my law firm website. I blog there. I write there. I do all my other stuff there. But studentloanshow.com, really the best way to find me. Jay, this has been amazing. I know everybody that's tuned in is in a better place than when the show started because you just provided a whole bunch of knowledge to everybody tuned in. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come on the show today. Thank you, Jay. Thank you you so much for having me. It was great. Well, there it is. You've got the proper tools, the proper information to get started, to get those student loans under control and ultimately eliminated. Jay shared a whole lot with you guys today. So I hope that you guys were taking notes and I hope that you take his advice to heart and I hope you take action. Well, that does it for this episode of the show. Don't forget to check us out as always at our website, hisandhermoney.com. And while you're there, pick up a copy of our book, Money Talks, The Ultimate Couple's Guide to Communicating About Money. It will help you and your spouse finally get on the same page financially. Well, guys, here it is. No matter where you are on the road to financial freedom, the key is to start now and finish strong. Thanks for tuning in to the His and Her Money Show. For more information on how to win with your finances, be sure to visit www.hisandhermoney.com. So there you have it, folks. My talk with Talat and Ty McNeely on the His and Her Money Show. Please go ahead and check them out at hisandhermoney.com. That's hisandhermoney.com. My name is Jay Fleischman, and you've been listening to The Student Loan Show. If you need help with your student loans, please reach out to me by going to studentloanshow.com and clicking the link that says Work With Me. You can also ask a question for me to answer on an upcoming episode. You can find links to all of the resources as well as notes for today's episode by going to studentloanshow.com forward slash SLS 056. You can also sign up for my free six-part email course by texting the word student loans to the number 44222 or go to studentloanshow.com forward slash course. Six free lessons to help you get your student loans under control and always 100% free. 
Come on back next week and we'll talk again. Until then, remember, always look both ways before crossing the street.